I am here to spread the radical notion that you are whole, complete, and perfect just the way you are. Welcome to the Way You Are Project podcast. I'm your host, Eric Ormanovich. Join me while we discuss all things health at every size, eating disorder recovery, and intuitive living with a goal to help you remember yourself back to yourself. Hi, friends. I am back. Or I'm here. I'm here today. And that is super exciting to me. I am going to record a separate episode to kind of check in with you guys to let you know what I've been up to, what I've worked on, what I'm working on now, as it's been two years (laughs) since I've made an episode. So thank you so much for coming back and listening. And if this is your first time listening, Welcome, and I'm so freaking excited to be here recording this podcast and to getting back into it and just letting go what I thought it meant that I took a long break because I'm here now and I don't know what it'll look like in the future. I'm just taking it day by day and doing the work as I feel called to, and I think that's the best way to serve. So I'm just super excited to share with you all today. And I'm especially excited about my guest I have to share with you today. Her name is Lucia, and she is a dietitian here in Houston who I met through a mutual friend, and she's in the yoga community, and I'm also in the yoga community. I guess I'll get to that later, (laughs) but, um, and yeah, okay, so me and Lucia talk about her recovery and how she got into being a dietitian. We talk about intuitive eating and some of our favorite books um, that I've mentioned before. We also talk about yoga and body attunement and she's doing some really cool work right now and we just have a really amazing conversation. So I'm not going to say anything else and just ask that you listen and if you enjoy it, um, go back and listen to some others and Come back and listen to the one where you get to just hear me talking. It's it's going to be great. <laughs> and just thank you so much for stopping by and listening to this because I do this work so that maybe someone that needs it will hear something, even just one thing that they connect with that, that they can take into their lives and go make a change. So thank you for being here or sharing it with a friend or leaving a review or rating on iTunes, just whatever you have to bring to this. I'm so grateful for it. So thank you so much. And without any further ado, let's go talk to Lucia. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Erica. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited that you are here with us. And I'm for us. I'm so excited that you're here with me. In my first interview, picking back up my podcast, and so I'm really excited to share you with everyone. And um, if you don't mind, just starting with a little bit or a lot of bit about who you are and what you do and how you got into what you do. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Also, I'm so honored to be here. Just like so grateful that you asked me to be on your podcast. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. So a little bit about me. Um, I guess it will be a lot of it about me. (laughs) 
Well, I am a uh, dietitian. I live here in Houston, and my whole journey into the dietetic field really started um, in high school. I didn't even realize, but so in high school, I developed an eating disorder, and that kind of carried on into college. And at that point, I wasn't really aware of my eating disorder. I like kind of knew, but kind of didn't. Was in denial. Um, and so when I went into college, originally I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. Like my dad's a doctor, my mom's a dietitian. Um, and so I, I, you know, I started off in pre-med and then I think it was two part, like one, one part of it was, you know, such a high interest in nutrition because I was struggling with food. Um, and then the other part was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be in school for that long to be a doctor. So I think those two things combined really led me to take my first nutrition class. And when I took it, I obviously fell in love and was like, wow. And I started looking into everything that I could do as a dietitian. And I was like, whoa, I can work at a school. I can work at a hospital. Like I can work for a food corporation, like so many different things. And I was like, this sounds great. So, um, I pursued dietetics and, um, Let's see, I graduated from A&M with my undergrad in nutrition and then went into a dietetic internship here in Houston in the medical center. And at that point, I was, um, I was like full force in nutrition, like loving it, um, loved the science behind it. Also, for anyone who's interested in ever becoming a dietitian, like it is a lot of science. Like you have the organic chemistry and the biology and the anatomy and like all those good things. Um I'm so glad you said that because I, at one point, was looking into being a nutritionist, and then I realized how much, like, math I would have to do. I was like, no, I'm sweet. Yeah, like, I remember, well, at A&M, when I was over there, I remember there were, like, students that were a nutrition major, but they were using it to go into pre-med, and there was, like, maybe Mm. just, like, a few, obviously, like, the, more like the senior classes, like, the specific electives that were different, but then all of the other science is like the same. And so, um, you really got to love it and like want to be in it, which is, which is awesome. You know, um, I'm such a science nerd. <laughs> so it's great. But anyway, so then I did my internship here. And, um, as soon as I finished my internship, I got offered a job and worked, um, at the VA medical center for, let's see, since, was an intern in 2011, graduated 2012, and then worked at the VA until 2018. So was there for quite a while, and I loved it during that time. I um, I did a lot of like I covered a lot of different units: um, general medicine, neurology and rehab, mental health, like um, inpatient oncology. And then I'm someone who is really driven by my intuition and like God's call. And I just kept like, I knew that at some point as a dietitian, I would work in a cancer clinic with cancer patients. Like I just knew that since I was an undergrad and the opportunity opened up for me to um, be the cancer clinic dietitian. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Yes. So I started as the cancer clinic dietitian worked in that specific clinic for three years and got certified, um, got my board certification in oncology nutrition. And what was so weird is like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like there's, um, so much of my, my undergrad, I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. And then when I was finally there, like I was really fulfilled and really excited about it for like the first bit of it, maybe the first year and a half. And then after a while I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't feel like this is my calling anymore. 
Like I just kept. I can definitely relate to the like feeling like it's your thing, and it is until it's not anymore, and then it's something else. And not that that's a bad thing, but having that moment of where you realize like, oh, okay, it's not this anymore, so it's something else. Yeah, it's like there's almost like a yeah, totally. It's almost like there's a grieving process of oh, this is like not it, though it was it for a while. Right, totally. Um, Yeah, I definitely can relate. Which I actually love that whole concept of like it's never really fully it because then you're always learning and growing and changing, Mm -hmm. which I totally you know I believe in. So yeah. Um, but while I was in the cancer clinic, or maybe a little bit before I became the cancer clinic dietitian, I decided to do a yoga teacher training. And this is also kind of funny. So when I was at AM, I took both of my kinesiologies in yoga. Um, and at that point it was kind of becoming popular. And I remember joking around with my friends. I was like, I'm going to be a dietitian by day and a yoga instructor by night. And everyone was like, okay, that's a little weird, but sure. Okay. Um, and so then the opportunity kind of presented itself and I decided to do my first teacher training and I loved it. And it, um, at that point I was still like really struggling with my eating disorder and still wasn't like, I hadn't really admitted to myself that I had an issue. I just kind of knew something was off. Um, Mm -hmm. and but what, what that training gave me was one, just like a lot of leadership tools. So it really impacted my nutrition counseling a lot. Like I really started to see people like actually look into their eyes and see them for who they were and what they were struggling with versus just coming in and being like, oh, the book says this, this, and this, and this is what I'm going to recommend. Um, so that was actually really powerful. Um, and let's see from there. So that was a Baptiste inspired studio. So they teach like powerful vinyasa classes. And from there, I, um, again, kind of like my intuition, this was also super weird. I really feel like this was God calling me to, um, make me see that I had an eating disorder. So Mm -hmm. it was like two weeks before this yoga training in New York and people had signed up for this training, like a year before. Right. And it was like two weeks before this training. And for some reason, um, all of a sudden I was like, I need to go. Like I had this, like, like this entire, entire, like whole body sensation of like, I need to be there. And I don't know why, but I need to go. So I literally contacted, um, the person in charge of the training. And I was like, I really feel it in my heart and soul. I need to be there. And she was like, great. Like, let's have you come. And so I bought last minute tickets to New York. I'd never been to New York. Um, and it was so funny cause I flew over there, I landed in New York and then I was supposed to take like some random cause it's actually the trainings in Menla, which is, I don't remember how, a few hours away from like New York city. Um, and so anyway, so I remember like being on this bus in the middle of nowhere, driving to a retreat center that like, I didn't know anyone who was going to be there. And I was like, I, why do I, like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, anyway, so I get there, it was like a week long and there is where I had my biggest breakthrough. Um, so we were, do- I don't remember exactly what the exercise we were doing was. Um, but I just realized in the moment, I think we were like, um, like letting go of something that was holding us back. And it was then that I realized I was like, wow, like I feel so trapped, um, trapped in like 
my relationship with exercise, trapped in my relationship with food. Like I feel like I can't live my life because my eating disorder is living my life for me. And it was then that I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so it's kind of weird too, because one of the girls that I became friends with there, she had lived in Houston and no longer lived in Houston and had, she actually had recovered from an eating disorder. And so I, when I opened up to her, she was like, wow, well, I have the perfect person for you to meet with when you get back to Houston. Wow. Which is like such, right? Isn't That's that amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So then I um, flew back to Houston and the next day I called a dietitian who was certified in eating disorders and told her, I was like, hey, like I left her voicemail. I remember being like, hey, I realized I have an eating disorder and I need help, <laughs> which it's so weird as a dietitian. I think it's so hard sometimes to admit that, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it's so also really good to, like, I just felt so empowered in that moment of like, no, it's okay that I'm struggling with this and I'm going to get help so that I can move forward and help other people. Yeah. I was going to say like that sentence alone saying that is like a huge thing for a lot of people. And rightfully so it's like, it's really hard to come to terms with that and own it. And in that way, I think in my experience, at least I felt like I owned it a little bit rather than it owning me or controlling me. And I I kind of like took the power back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely taking the power back and like separating yourself from something that's so destructive. That's like, you know, it's not you. You're right. And so anyway, so I went through that whole thing. I met with a dietitian, met with a counselor um, weekly, and that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, just because especially knowing so much about nutrition, it was really challenging to um, like butt heads with like a different perspective, right? Mm. Like I, my whole undergraduate and master's, because I also got a master's in nutrition, um, all of like the science always taught me, you know, like it was very, I mean, it was very white centered, right? Like health was seen in a different lens than it is, um, in like the health at every size paradigm and, um, intuitive eating, which I'll get into that too. And so, yeah, it was really challenging, but the best thing I've ever done for myself. And it's crazy actually, like, let me like, um, rewind back just a little bit. So before I even went to that training in New York, I was teaching at a yoga studio and still working at the hospital. And they asked me, they were like, Hey, would you be willing to put on a workshop here about mindful eating? And at that point I was like, I mean, sure. Why not? Like, sure. I'll do a workshop. Um, and mindful eating was nothing I really talked about in the hospital world. And I was like, why not? So then I got on Amazon and I got on Google and I was like, well, mindful eating books. Right. And, uh, I came across the intuitive eating book. That's so amazing. (laughs) So crazy. Um, Yeah. Again, such a godsend. Right. So I looked at it on Amazon. It had great reviews. It looked kind of old, but I was like, sure. Why not? Like, it'll probably give me some insight into (laughs) how I want to. It does look, it does look very nice. He's like, even still. Right. I know. It's fourth edition is coming out soon. Right. Oh, exciting. Did it already come out? I'm not sure, but it's, um, I think it's coming out soon, but yeah, so I bought it and, um, at that point, right, I hadn't realized I had an eating disorder yet. And I was reading that book and that the intuitive eating book by Evelyn Triboli is the 
most impactful and life-changing nutrition book I have ever read. Um, out of all of my textbooks, out of like all of my masters and undergrad classes, like that was it. And it, um, the reason why is because it finally let me look at nutrition and food as, um, something that made sense. Like, and it didn't only, it wasn't like a cookie cutter way of eating. It was this like self-care framework of eating that's meant to work for every person and takes into consideration who the individual is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds great. And I'm also not doing any of this. Like, this is not the way <laughs> that I'm eating, um, which is so great. Right. So I went on to do my workshop and still at the workshop, like, you know, when you present on something and you like, know that you're what you're talking about. And yet, you know, that you're, it's like not authentic because you know, you're not fully in it. Mm-hmm. You ever had that experience? Yes. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, well anyway, so now we're going to fast forward. So then I had, um, I reached out to the dietitian. I remember the first few sessions with her, I was like, well, I read this intuitive eating book and it totally shifted the way I think about health. And she was like, well, perfect. Like that's actually, um, what we use to help with um, eating disorder treatment. And so um, I knew then, and I remember telling her then, this was like years ago, I remember telling her, I was like, I feel like there's going to be a shift in the world. Like something is shifting and intuitive eating is going to grow. Like people need this, like everybody Mm -hmm. needs this, whether they have an eating disorder or not. Um, Wait, so you not only found a dietitian in Houston that, like was recommended to you. Like, I, I don't know, even just finding a dietitian you like, I feel like it's kind of a win, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to the practice. I mean, just like, you know, with anything that's that intimate, like finding a therapist you like, or finding, you know, it's just kind of like a personal fit. So not only did you find someone that worked for you, but they practice intuitive eating for eating disorder recovery. I know it, that is, mind. that is like a, a gem. Like that, that is, I feel like even within the last like five years, just from, you know, being a lay person on the outside of knowing so many dietitians and having so many conversations with dietitians and in the industry over like the past few years, like that's not, or has not been in the past common practice. Like that is something that is coming, you know, up. (laughs) I know it's developing. And so for you to find someone um, how many, how many years ago is this? Like five, six. Ooh, let's see how many years ago. Maybe like four years ago, five okay. years ago, somewhere around that time. Yeah. So yeah. Like very, so, like a lot of people didn't know about intuitive eating. Yeah. So to find a dietitian that was like, yeah, this is what we use for eating disorder recovery rather than let me just have you do a food log. Let me just do like refeeding and, you know, getting all your calories up and this more standard kind of approach to, you know, recovery. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was perfect, honestly. And, um, through going, I think one of the biggest driving forces, well, I guess there was a few. So during treatment, which was really challenging for me, because I think what's really, whenever you're working on something that really takes over your whole life and then you still have to live your normal life, it's like the Mm -hmm. weirdest thing. Um, totally. Right. And so I like one of some of the driving forces of just like keeping me moving forward was knowing that 
if I was able to like really shift this for myself, I was able, I was going to be able to help other people. Also in like in treatment, I was like, well, I know that the day that I have a daughter, I don't want her to have to struggle with this. And if I continue in the way that things are going for me, like I'm just going to continue to pass that on. And so that was also, you know, just really important for me to be like, no, like I needed my work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, so then going back to so the night, let's see, I was at the, I was working at the cancer clinic and then um, I got to a point. So I like, finished, you know, counseling and um, meeting with my dietitian and all of that. And I got to a point where, again, I kept feeling like I was being called to something else. And I knew that I wanted to work with it, like intuitive eating. Like I knew that that was now like my next calling. And, um, and so I got to a point at work that even though I was really good at what I did and I loved helping cancer patients, I felt like it wasn't, um, I wasn't doing them justice because my whole heart wasn't in it anymore. And I wanted someone else whose whole heart was in it to be there. Um, so I decided to leave that job, which was like the hardest, also another hard thing I did, um, super stable, great pay, great benefits. Um, I left without a plan, which. (laughs) Wow. That's when you know with your intuition talking. (laughs) I I remember I told my mom and dad, I was like, yeah, I left, like I I quit my job and they were like, okay, cool. So what, so what do you do next? And I was like. I actually don't know. And they're like, but what are you going to do about health insurance? And what are you going to do? You know, like all the questions that parents ask. And I was like, yes. I'm not sure, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, so I left. And then I took some time to, like, really think of. And at that point, I was like, what if I did something that wasn't related to nutrition? Like, what if I applied to a totally different job, right? Like, when you let everything go, it just feels so green to be like, there's so many things out there that I could do. Like, I don't want to limit myself by only thinking, Oh, my dietitian, mm-hmm. I can only do this. Um, right. and my husband was a big supporter of me just like creating a life that I love. And at the time we were still dating. So it was just, he was huge and awesome through this whole thing. But anyway, so then a few months later I was like, well, um, before that I'd actually taken a few clients one-on-one just like friends who had reached out but it wasn't for intuitive eating which like healthier habits and all of that and so um I was like you know what I'm gonna start my own practice like I like I knew that I loved working I, I knew that I wanted to teach people intuitive eating and I also like one of my passions is speaking in art in, um, in front of large groups of people Oh my God. Oh my God. I love, I know. Isn't that so weird? That's so funny. The other day, someone literally just told me that like, there's two things that people are scared of. And it's like, number one is public speaking. And number two is death. (laughs) I I totally relate to that. So to hear someone say like, I really enjoy public speaking just like makes me giggle. (laughs) I don't understand how. I, I, I actually don't get, it's so funny. Cause as a little girl, I was the shyest little girl ever. Like I oh remember like we were actually, I have this memory of like us being at McDonald's, like I'm one of five kids and, um, they forgot to give me a straw 
and I was like maybe six years old or like seven years old. And my mom was like, oh, go, go to the front and ask him for straw. And I was like, I can't. And she was like, why not? I was like, I don't know. I just can't. Like, I like, I was so Aww. shy. Um, and so it's so weird that now I really think it's because of all of the yoga teacher training I've done mm-hmm. is it just made me feel really confident in who I am. And also yeah. I love, like love the energy in a room when there's so many people and like, they're just like actively listening to you. It's just, it's so fulfilling to me. Yeah. I also Maybe love I'll have a different experience of it in the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Cause you're doing your teacher training now. Yeah, I am. So I, I can, I can feel it a little bit now. Like, and I, in certain platforms, like here, I feel more comfortable but when it's something that I know what I'm talking about. I know where I stand on it. Like I can stand up and like talk about it in front of, whoever, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely think that that is a huge part. And there's also something to be said about, like you said, a room full of people that are passionate about the same thing coming together and sharing space and like wanting to hear from you, like, you know, a specific person, like that's really, I, I can see how that would feel like super powerful and empowering. Yeah. And then with also one thing I also love is especially with the whole, with intuitive eating, which is very different than what people are taught, right? Or what how people view nutrition and health is that I love like presenting on it and then it just blows people's minds. Yes, I can relate to that. I remember like in the past when I've introduced intuitive eating to people, like I'm so fired up about it and it it's one of those things that makes so much sense. Like just when you break it down, like it is just like kind of like common sense when you really think about it, it's more of an unlearning and so when people get that and you see them get that and they see that they get that it's like this cool like whoa whoa oh my god it's like this (laughs) mind-blowing do you know what I mean yes oh it's so and so it's a really special moment to like share with someone when you like introduce into eating to them even just like friends that I had or like I'm like, look into this because this is the way that humans are supposed to be eating. I promise you, you have to see for yourself. I know. I love, yes. And then I love saying things like, um, what was I just going to say? That there are no good and bad foods. Mm. And people are like, wait, wait, what? And so then it like turns into this huge conversation. It's just real fun. Yeah. And anytime someone throws out a food roll, I always like, in a nice snacky way, I'll just say, all foods fit. <laughs> They're like, what? That's so great. Oh, I love that. That should be me in the four days meeting about the juice cleanse. All foods fit. All love. All love for the Baptist people, you guys. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like it's like, especially with juicing, it's like so black and white sometimes. And I'm like, you can have, like, I think juices are great, and I think that they just shouldn't be used as someone's, like, sole source of nutrition all day, every right. day, right? You know, so it's, like, it's just that's for anything. Like, I love pizza, yeah. and, I, and I would be miserable if I ate it every single day, all day. Yeah. I love smoothies, but I would also be miserable if I only drank smoothies all day, every day. Like, that's the whole, like, balance really is key for being a happy human, like, in all areas, pretty much, you know? I know. It's so crazy. I really do feel like our one of the um, big things in life is just, like, learning to find balance in every single area of your life. Because it is so hard. Like, it's a constant yeah. daily practice. Yep. You know? But, let's see. Where was I? I don't Back know. to your level of public speaking. 
yeah. I interrupted because I thought that was absurd. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then I started um, creating like virtual. So all of my version counseling right now is virtual because it gives me flexibility with like if I want to travel and also counsel, or it also gives me the ability to meet with people who have really busy lives. Um, and so I started creating virtual nutrition groups and we did a few intuitive eating groups and, um, that was awesome. And then I've done workshops for like a therapy practice and different yoga studios and, um, just a whole bunch of different groups of people. So I know like that's like a lot of public speaking is in my future and I'm just like putting that out there into the universe. <laughs> Yes. So when you asked me for, to do a podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I've always wanted to be on a podcast. <laughs> Is this your first podcast? I, I've done one before, but I like remained anonymous on it because I was a, oh. a little bit talking about um, my eating disorder. And so I didn't want to, at that point, I like wasn't comfortable with really talking about it because mm-hmm. um, I was still really in the work. And so, um, but this is like my first, like, yes, it's me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's okay. Yeah. So, um, let's see. And so, yeah, that's what, and I actually just, with my company, I just rebranded my company. So it used to be called Cheerfully Nourished, um, which was just like the name of my blog. And now I really, I feel like I've, um, so last year was really crazy. Like I started my company at the end of 2018 Last year, me and my husband got engaged. We got married six months later. I was like planning the wedding, the wedding, trying to figure out like what I'm doing with my life, and also starting a company and all what happened last year. And so this year, I'm like, okay, like I know this is it because I get so lit up when I do any work relating to this stuff. So like I just need to like really put my whole heart in it. And so I worked with um, Gallant Culture, which is a branding company, and we like created my brand which I'm obsessed with and so now my brand like my company is called Saberly and I love that name isn't it so cute it's so cute um and the reason why so I really love the word savor because with working in intuitive eating you learn to really savor food like really enjoy and find freedom in what you're eating and what I also realized because I started counseling people on intuitive eating was when I was teaching them the intuitive eating principles and we were working through that in their life, it was like they got so much more freedom in their life. So it wasn't just intuitive eating, it was intuitive living. And oh, so it's green with you saying that word, Lucia. Oh my God. I literally just re-recorded my podcast intro and I changed it from talking about intuitive eating to intuitive living. Okay, oh, we're going to come yeah. back to that. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah, big fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm exploding. <laughs> I love that. Me, too. Um, yeah, I mean, that was so real for me, too, right? Like, when I learned to really tune into my body and trust it and be confident in what it was telling me, then I was able to make really big shifts in my life, like, like leaving a relationship that was not working for me, leaving my job that was no longer fulfilling, like, you know, and then in even like what I'm doing with my business now, like every time I think about the next step of like, what's the next offering? I just really like listen and like pray about it and like really listen for like body sensation. Like what is the next thing? And it always comes to me and it's like 
when I live my life from that place, I just, I just feel like I'm on fire. Like this is it, you know? Yes. I am actually in the middle of slash finishing listening to, um, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. I'm sure you've seen it all over social media. She's blowing up right now. It's so good. Um, but she talks about, she calls it the knowing Mm. and like your inner knowing and, um, like she also talked about it as her relationship with God and for anyone that's non-religious, I mean, it's just the higher power of what's inside of each of us, you know, like a deeper inner knowing your, mm. your real you, your, your highest self is another way to relate to it, I think. And she talks about like how she would go into her closet and just like sit in the dark and like wait for the knowing and just wait mm. to like, and she was like in a marriage that she was unhappy with and, and she fell in love with the woman. I don't know. It's such a good story. But she talks about um, the intuition of, like, her knowing. And, like, that's also how she gets connected to God. And so it's just really interesting to hear you say that, too. Yeah. Well, I really believe. That's awesome. I've actually seen that book everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I need to read this. Um, <laughs> like, a big sparkly cover with, like, glitter on it. <laughs> it's so pretty. Any, any book that has a sparkly cover is a good book. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I fully believe and I'm someone who's pretty religious I I was born Catholic and raised Catholic and still Catholic and um actually my husband is now converting to Catholicism which has been like huge for our relationship but um what what I was going to say is for me like I believe that my intuition is actually God just speaking to me like I really feel like it's like him like whispering into my body like hey this is this is what you need (laughs) you know yeah I totally relate to that yeah. And so it's like when you, when I see it from that place, it's like I can't ignore body sensations like that. Like I can't ignore when my gut's like, you need to do this, or on the other side, like you don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, and so that's the big part. Actually now I'm doing a series um called it's like a body achievement series. And I thought long and hard of like what the next best thing. And I kept on hearing the word like body attunement. And which is crazy because now being in the intuitive eating field, I don't feel like I'm just an intuitive eating dietitian. And so when I thought, I was like, I'm a body attunement dietitian. Like that is who I am. Like that is what I do. That's amazing. Yeah. And ever since I like honed in on that, I was like, wow, this, like I get people connected to their body so that they can trust and have the confidence in themselves to know how to eat, to know how to live their life, you know? So it's like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm passionate about doing is like getting people reconnected to their body from a place of like self-care and trust and faith. Yeah. I, I, there's so much I want to say. Okay. I'm so excited that you're doing this work and that I found you at the time that I did because I have just been thinking about how I have been in touch with my body when it comes to food, like, like without even thinking about it, essentially, like, what am I going to eat? Like, is there something that I want to eat? What's convenient, you know, proximity, all those things without having to think about it much, just like feeling, knowing, boom, done, eat the food, move on, you know? And in life, I have not always been that intuitive or I, I think too, that, as women, especially, and all humans, 
I think that we have a different experience of it perhaps, but we are taught to look for the answers outside, not mm. inside. And all the answers are inside and up. And, yes. you know, and it's, that is like something new for me that I am like really getting into. And so when I saw that you were doing this work, I was just so excited because like I'm, over the past like few weeks, I've been, even for little things so like, what do I want to do my day or just, I don't, I try to apply it to everything, but trying to just like stop, take a breath and like feel for what's right. And like, Nope, it's not that it's this. Okay. And then disconnect from the thoughts that come up of, is it the right answer? Is it the wrong answer? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this like, no, this is my path that I have been on. I should continue on this. And so like even earlier when you said that it was your thing for a little while, that doesn't mean that it's the thing forever. Like, I think that that's so true for a lot of us for our whole lives. It's we, we kind of are taught to think that we have this one, this one thing that we're supposed to do. And I think for me personally, I have attributed to like one career path and one career path looks one way for your whole life. And you show up to that job and you do that job, your very best <laughs> every day for the rest of your life. And then that's it. And you success as human. There you go. But I'm just, I'm learning and experiencing so much that it's not like for me, I kind of relate to it as my calling or like in yoga, we say your dharma, your path, your, your yeah. higher reason being here. I think for me, that's being a healer. And I relate to that as healing people with my words and my poetry. And I work with children too, as a teacher. And I think a lot of healing starts or, um, in childhood and, um, protection, if you will, I guess. And so that as being the, the big umbrella over, you know, of my dharma. And then there's like these little pieces that come off that look like being a yoga teacher, being a writer, hosting a podcast, doing this. And all of these things weave and feed together different parts of our lives to have us on this greater path and this greater reason for our existence as this individual on this planet at this time. Mm, yeah. And so it's so interesting to hear you talk about all of this and realize that the way to find all of that and to find all of these pieces and put them all together it's already here inside each of us. Like we already have all the answers. We just have to shut up and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Like more listening, less talking, less, you know, like less thinking, less doing, just listening. Yeah. And so I'm curious how either for you personally or how you encourage others to listen to their body um, like for me personally, and probably for many others that have eating disorder history, we like I often feel very disconnected, or in the past have mm. felt very disconnected from my body. And um, these days, I feel pretty integrated. But you know, it comes <laughs> comes and goes. Like in the beginning of this pandemic, I did not feel very. I felt like I wanted to get out of everything. I wanted to crawl out of my skin in my house and run away from the world. And so, you know, like stuff definitely came up around there. And I think it was sometimes it's hard for me to get in my body and listen because also because of how much outside noise 
either I put in my head based on conditioning and social norms or other people's opinions that usually I don't even ask for. Mm. <laughs> so how yeah. like guide people into really listening to their bodies? Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it's a very personal thing, right? Um, one of the things that I work on with my clients is I have them ask themselves to take a pause during the day and to then actually ask themselves, like, what is it that I need today or what kind of nourishment do I need today? Mm. And the reason I, I say it like that is because, so I don't know if you've ever read the book Well Nourished. You know, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think he was actually um, meant to be a tool for people who struggle with binge eating. Mm. Um, I got it because it looked really interesting and I was like, okay, like this might give me some extra tools. And it did. What it really, what I love about that book um, is that it talks about all of the different types of nourishment that your body needs, right? Like there's intellectual nourishment, there's physical nourishment, there's, um, worldly nourishment there, you know, there's like spiritual nourishment. There's all of these different ways to nourish your whole self. And I think that's so beautiful because when we stop and ask ourselves, like, what is it that I actually need today? Like, what am I lacking? What is my body craving? It's usually some kind of nourishment. Mm -hmm. And even just referring back to, I gave them, I list out all the ones that there are and like they go through and list out different examples of how they nourish their body or their life in all those different ways. And so I think just taking a pause and being like, okay, like what, what actually sounds like, um, it is that I need today. And then actually choosing that thing gets them more connected to their body. Like for example, um, one of them, so for me, a big thing that gets me connected to my body and actually goes back to even my undergrad days when I was taking yoga. So the very first few times I took yoga, I knew that like that was going to be a practice for me. Like I instantly felt a connection to my physical body that I had never felt before. And for some people, it is being physically active and for some people, it might even be like going outside, but what is it that gets you out of your head and into your body? Because our entire society tries to get us out of our head. Like everything that surrounds us, like social media and the news and what you need to look like and, you know, all of these different things. It's like we just get so disconnected from who we are and what we need. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just really work with people to figure out, like, what is it that, um, one, that grounds them? And what I think that really needs is, like, gets you out of your head and just, like, in the present moment. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad you elaborated on that a little bit. Because sometimes I struggle, for lack of a better word, I think, with the word grounding or grounded. Because when I think of someone that's grounded, I think of someone that has their shit together. <laughs> I don't Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think that that actually exists. Yeah, I actually don't think anybody really has their shit together. Yeah, I think either. maybe in like small spurts you might have your shit together. Um, well, same thing with like being connected to your body. Like I am not 100% connected to my body 100% of the time. Like that is just not possible. Then right. I would just always be so much like centered on my body. And that's not the way that I live my life. But right. 
I do think that taking small pauses every day to like connect into your body in some way, whether that's meditation, prayer, some form of exercise, stretching, maybe it's um, even just like making a gratitude list. Like that's grounding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just getting centered back to yourself and who you are and what you're doing and why. Yes. Or yeah. like what you Cause often I think like when you mentioned yoga, I think of it as like, like I know yoga for me and my practice is very beneficial in connecting me to my body. I think that most people that practice yoga would agree with that. Um, unless they're like me in 2012 and doing it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so, um, but when you're, when, when you slow down and get present in your yoga practice as a practice and not just as an exercise, because you can be doing all the same sequences and poses and it be an exercise for one person and a spiritual, physical, emotional practice for someone else. Mm-hmm. And both are fine. That's great. But um, for me, it's something that I know gets me back in to me and back connected to myself and connected up. And sometimes still I think of it as like, okay, I know that's good for me. So I know I need to do it. So like I plan ahead of time, like, okay, this week, these are the yoga practices I'm doing. These are the classes that I'm doing rather than in the day, in the moment feeling, do I want to practice? Is that something that's going to serve me today versus knowing that it's served me in the past, assuming it'll serve me today and doing it because often I, I do still like feel good in my body, but maybe I'm missing out on some rest I needed or, you know, spending more time with my kids or taking them on a walk or just doing something different rather than just assuming that that's what I need all the time because it usually is good. Does that apply as well, do you think? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I think it's like this whole area is so gray, right? Cause there's, um, like when I hear you talking about like scheduling out your practices, like I think that that's so beneficial, right? Cause then like, you know, sometimes doing what gets us connected to our body is not always what we want to do. Like, I don't always feel like praying, yet I know that my day significantly shifts when I do that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it is really good to have some structure. And then there's also the part of me that like, I like, like for me, for example, uh, for me at this point in my life, it doesn't work for me to schedule out my yoga practices because I'm at a point where like, and I also have the flexibility because I work from home. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I have my business that I can just be like, okay, when I have time during the day, like, what is it that I can do right now? Oh, there's a yoga clock going on. Oh, that sounds good. Like I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus, And so it's just for everyone, it's going to be so different. And like for some people structure, like some kind of structure really, really works. And then for other people, like it doesn't. So, you know, I just, I just think it's so beautiful that it's so different for a single person. Yeah, I totally agree. I think something that can go for me personally, like I have had to kind of schedule them out because my husband also practices yoga and we have two little kids. Mm. So there's like life logistics involved. But then the other side of that, like what I'm hearing could be applied is like, if I'm about to take a class and I'm just really feeling like I don't want to, like my body is like, okay, no, today you're just going to rest instead. Honoring that without, which this is the hard part, without making that mean anything. Like it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that like I'm not devoted to my practice or that I'm, you know, not going to be a good teacher or like 
oh, I failed or any kind of like shame thing, just that's not what I need right now and move on. And I think releasing the stories around giving ourselves things, which even as simply as food, like giving mm. ourselves certain foods and what stories we tell ourselves about what that means about us. Like the whole, you are what you eat thing. I wish I could just burn every like mm. molecule of that statement that has ever existed in I know. all of you, like all of life. Like the fact that people still be like, Oh, you are what you eat. Like, that people are still saying that makes me want to rip my hair out. But anyway, it's just, <laughs> we have a really, really good way of, well, for me, it works to rephrase it. I think you are how you eat. Mm. Like the mental, like if you're in a really good, like let's say that you're choosing a certain food and you're choosing it because you love it and it's satisfying and there's like no guilt or shame or restrictions or food rules, then like I, I would deem that that's a really healthy experience for you. Yeah. However, if you choose that same food and it's out of restriction or rules or shame or guilt, then it's like, no, that's, that's not a good place for you. That's not healthy for you. So it's like, you are how you eat, like how you approach what you're eating. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Cause I, I think when you said that, the first thing I heard in my head is like freedom is food mm. freedom, you know, is maybe I was just projecting my own personal relationship with food, but I think that, you know, when you come at it from a place of like, I'm going to eat this at this time because I want it, it's just, it gives you so much freedom to, and also not make your life just about food. And that food is just food. And your life is so much more than what you eat and how you eat can also be a descriptor for how you live your life, like with freedom and having, you know, freedom to make flexible choices for yourself that are nourishing for your whole life in the moment. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> I love how excited we get about this. It's so I know. Exciting. I'm like, I have made so many new connections just in this, like, you know, 50 minute conversation that's like blowing my mind. So you explained body attunement. I wonder as a yoga teacher, how you, or okay, how can you, how do you guide people into being attuned with their bodies through like yoga, like how to, okay, yoga and body attunement, how in your practice, like as a provider, do you weave those together? Mm, that's a really great question. And something I still play with, um, for me more re like in teaching, a few of the things that I'm practicing in my teaching is one, giving people a lot more space with silence because it's really easy to go to a class and just hear all the empowering things that a teacher has to say and like, you know, all the million cues that they can give you. But I think what's even more powerful is like being in a pose in silence and actually have to sit with the physical sensations of your body. Like that yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um, so even in my Lovely. classes, more and more, I'm like, okay, say less, Lucy. I like, I, I like think about something I want to say, and I'm like, wait, do I really need to say that? Like, give them space, you know? Because I know in my practice, I appreciate silence. Um, another thing would be, you know, I used to practice a very regiment, like it was a structured set sequence class, which was mm -hmm. really beneficial for me then, and now I find so much freedom in 
creating like I so when I teach I teach intuitively I usually don't plan my classes maybe I'll plan like the peak pose and then we'll see what happens from there and I think with that it lets me really feel the room and see what people need next and what like would fit their body next so um I feel like that's a little gift that I give my students of like I'm not just going to force you into a pose because I know what's coming next because you may not Mm -hmm. need that Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that and then giving people options like I think always giving people options of like oh we're in crescent lunch like you know like letting them know you're welcome to put your knee down like you're you're welcome to expand in this pose and you're also welcome to do something different if it feels better yes. right um yeah it just gave I think the, yeah. go ahead I think, sorry, I think that when, as a practitioner hearing teachers say that in the past feels really empowering because there, if I, let's just be human for a second. Okay. Anyone that's yeah. done yoga, especially in the beginning, there's a little bit of like, you're wanting to show out. You're wanting to, you feel like you have to be a certain way or look a certain way or like this. Okay. Clearly this yoga teacher is much more better at yoga than I am. So let me impress her. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. (laughs) Or feeling like you have to do the most. And so getting that like permission and option from a teacher to be like, drop your knee. And also it could be that could be the key for you to tap into your biggest expression and like empowerment in this pose. Because when I personally drop a knee and crescent lunge twist, I get so much more space and access to my upper back. That gives me what that pose is really meant to give you, which is connection to your breath and twisting rather than just suffering in your legs and hating it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, yoga is so much about letting go of ego, like so much of letting Mm -hmm. go of ego, you know, and I mean, I haven't mastered that. I don't think, you know, that's like something that I think we always work on. I mean, I remember, and I'll just say this free, like, I remember when I used to practice at a different studio, I was always at the very front of the class. Like I had to be at the very front. And now thinking back on it, I'm like, why did I always have to be at the front? Like, is it because I wanted people to see my practice? Like, and there's nothing wrong with being at the front, but it's just like the intention, like what's the why behind it? You know, yeah. so for me, that's helpful. And something um, I'm hearing too, in a lot of this conversation is just like in every moment throughout our days and our lives, just getting really freaking curious about why and what we're choosing and how we are coming on something. And that's really the key to living a super powerful and empowered life because when you know where you're coming from in your choices, your choices aren't choosing you, you're choosing them and you know why. And I think that there's like some power in that. Yes, absolutely. I always like to say like, if you're not in choice, it's no longer healthy. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Like even if like it's physical activity, but you can't choose to do it or not do it. It's no longer healthy for you. Totally. In my opinion. Right. Um, One other thing I want to say about yoga too, is I think what's really helpful is practicing different styles because different styles give my body different things. And so for, I just did a yin training here in Houston with uh, Rhea Robinson at Horror Dragons. And it, um, it was so, it completely shifted a lot of my practice for me because yin is, you sit in a pose, like you're in a pose for three to five minutes, sometimes longer. And it is such a challenging 
practice. Like mm-hmm. there is like, there's so many, especially on a day. Cause I struggle with anxiety. So especially on a day that I'm anxious and I have to sit with it and like feel the anxiety. It is so hard. Yeah. Yin is really challenging for me. I think because I, and I haven't even taken a full yin class. Like I used to do a restorative, um, or, or it was a yoga like group therapy. So it was through my therapist actually, who's also a yoga teacher. Oh, and cool. yeah, it was actually a really cool experience and it served me for um, a time. And so we, she would often do restorative classes. And I remember those being the ones where I was like, okay, get me out of here. What am I eating for dinner? Are we done yet? This is, I'm, I'm done. Like, you know, just like so in my head. And it's so much more of an active practice in the sense that you have to constantly bring yourself home and bring yourself home and bring yourself back and back and begin again. And it's so hard for me. And so it can be very frustrating. And so I think I have steered away from taking a real yin class because I'm like, I'm going to hate it because I'm really bad at being quiet. And also when you mentioned the leaving the silence for your students, I, over the past weekend, we just did our anatomy portion of our teacher training. And so we learned, she did cue us a lot, but then like learned all about muscle groups and where those come to play in certain poses. And so at the end of the weekend, we practiced again and she left more space for us to, she would kind of mention something and then kind of give a space to play around with it. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed like a listening to my body in a totally different way of like, you know, turning on my glutes and airplane. What did that do? Oh, that took pressure out of my low back. Okay. All right. Spin my hip down like that. Okay. Like that feels, and it was like this little dance of like ocean pole of like what feels good for me when like I have hyperextended um, joints, like that's just the way my body is made. And so when teachers give a common cue of like, spinning your biceps out, that doesn't work for me. That really pinches my elbows. It makes me overstand even more. And so like in, um, an up dog, for instance. And yeah. so like, and I asked her about that and she was like, Oh no, that wouldn't work for you. And she, she was, cause she was cueing the whole class. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I felt that that felt wrong and weird to me. And I should have listened to that rather than, you know, listening to what she said, because that is, that is like a general cue that people give because it's something that you see commonly is that people are kind of, you know, twerking their, the inner rotating their arms rather than externally rotating. And so it was just interesting to have that experience of when I let myself leave myself a little bit, I actually get into what my practice is supposed to look like, which is so, it, like, I, I know we hear this so much, like so much, but really every single body is just drastically different and it's just not going to look the same for everyone. And so you really have to kind of take charge of that and make it for you. I love, yes, a hundred percent. I mean, I know we talked about this the other day of, um, or I mentioned this to you of that. I don't remember who said it, but I know that one of the studio managers or owners, um, Jen, you have at the atrium. She told, she said this, she goes, you know, people don't get injured in yoga because of poor alignment they get injured in yoga because they're not listening to their body mm-hmm. which is so true and then another yep. thing that yin teaches too which i love is like when they cue a pose like it's not about the alignment of the pose it's like what what's the sensation you're like where do you want people to feel the pose which mm-hmm. i actually didn't know until i took the training it's like really about like it doesn't matter like 
if you're even doing a different pose than somebody else, but you're both aiming to get the same target area, like you're both feeling it in the same area. And so it's going to look different. Which is yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's really, yeah. That when I think of yin, I think of like sleepy music and bolsters. So <laughs> no, like nap time. Yes. Yeah. I think it can be that, you know? Yeah. But I, I think too, like even the fact that even in, in not even in, but in yin where you are in the same pose for three to five minutes, like your body can be talking to you in different ways throughout that one pose throughout that. Even when I'm doing impactful flow class and I'm doing half pigeon, like within those five breaths, I change the way that I'm orienting my body because of how it feels. And so to have that much space to do that around one pose, I think that's like, that's like, that would be really interesting, like exploration. Yes. I think it'd be so powerful. Well, that's why like in my series, part of my series is um, we have a topic every week. And then like the second part of um, that day is like, it's 75 minutes and the, like the last 25 minutes is a yin practice because I really believe that the more we get into those um, situations where we have to listen to our body, like, the better two are going to do it. Like if a, if a, in a way, like you're forced to listen, right. You're going to know how to listen to your body. Yeah. I was just about to ask you too, like how your series, um, or if you want to share any more about your series or the dates or, um, what topics you're going to include. And then of course I'll put links and everything, um, in the show notes. And I'm also going to link to that book that you mentioned on, on top of intuitive eating, which I think I have linked to in every podcast episode I've ever made. <laughs> I, I will never have money at home. Like you guys, if you haven't read intuitive eating, just come on, just stop resisting and we'll change life. It really will. It really uh, will. It might take a while, but it'll change your life. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. My body appointment series, it actually starts this Thursday. So it's Thursday nights from six to seven, 15 PM. It's virtual. So um, it works, it's through, um, like a nutrition platform that I use, but basically it uses zoom and the topics, so they're all body attunement topics. And so I probably won't be able to remember all of them. There are six of them. So it's six weeks long. Like this week we're talking about hunger, how to get in tune with your hunger. What does hunger feel like? Um, what does it mean when you're always hungry? What if you think you're never hungry? Like all of the questions that we all have. Um, and then the yin practice tied to it will be all about the um, spleen and stomach meridians of the body. Um, so really like targeting those so that it ties in with concepts of hunger, right? Because when we are, we have stuck energy in those areas, then technically like we're, maybe we have issues with digesting or bleeding or, you know, whatnot. I'm really trying to theme the yoga classes with the topic. Um, another topic I'll be covering is like body respect. Um, what does that look like? What does that mean? Um, inner receptive awareness, the ability to feel physical sensations in the body, right? Kind of goes back to the concept of if you know what anger, jealousy, joy, um, fear, all like all the things feel like in your body, then you know what it is you need, right? Like if you can connect to your body and understand what it's telling you, then you're able to nourish your life by making the right decision based on what it needs. Um, another one will be, I'm trying to think, oh, intuitive movement. Like what does it mean to move intuitively um, to like still be active, engage in a healthy lifestyle and not put it in the center of your life, like not feel like you're a slave to physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what the other ones. 
are. I can't think and of the other one right food now. Rules. Yes, food rules. Oh, yes. I'm doing that one because I think it's so easy for people to be like, oh, I'm not like with the whole anti-diet movement, right? Like people would be like, oh, I'm not dieting. But then you talk to them more and there's like these subconscious food rules and restrictions that they're following that, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they're not doing this like full-blown diet but they're still not totally free in their eating. And so it'll be a lot of like discovering like what are those subconscious food rules and restrictions until practicing. Yeah, that was me and veganism. I'm not dieting, I'm vegan, but I'm not eating right. like five of the food groups. <laughs> I, I thought oh. I was so clever, you guys. <laughs> right? Like well, eating disorders are so tricky like that. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, it really feels rational. It does. It really feels rational in the moment. It's like, no, that's not a diet. Hello, I'm just vegan. And you can, you can rationalize it all day, every day until you can't anymore. And then it's just laughing in the face. It's like, yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> it's like presenting on something that is not authentic. You're like, wait, something feels off. Why does this feel off? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Cause I'm lying to myself. <laughs> that was totally me when I picked up. I was six months postpartum with my daughter and I was still vegan and, um, but also like kind of binging on steak every now and then. It was bizarre. And so I picked up intuitive <laughs> eating because of Chrissy Harrison's recommendation. And, um, I realized like, oh, like maybe I'm not doing this for the right reasons. Maybe I don't care about, not that I don't care about animals, you guys, but also to talk about yoga it's very important to me to practice an ahimsa, which to me starts with non, which means nonviolence. And to me, that starts with nonviolence towards myself. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was just about to say that. Yeah. And so uh, that made me realize like, oh, what good does it do for me to be, you know, trying to be an activist for saving these animals if I can't even, you know, take care of myself? Like what? What good does that do? If we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of others. Just period. Like everyone knows that. You you've heard the sample or from an empty cup. Like <laughs> many times. <laughs> true, and it goes on like a micro scale and a macro scale. Like I couldn't go out and save all cows in the world if I wasn't feeding myself properly. And so it was it was just it. I picked it up and put it down and picked it up again and realized like I just could not deny it anymore because it's one of those things that when you read it intuitive eating um it's just it kind of slaps you in the face very gently with all of the truth that you've been avoiding and it just makes so much sense and it's so accessible so i can't recommend it enough seriously i know same like that anti-diet by christy harrison i still need to read that she's my girl i'm just trying to see books right now <laughs> oh my gosh there's so many like body of truth body kindness Body of truth. Who did body of truth? That sounds super Uh, familiar. Wait, that Linda Bacon or is that no? Linda Bacon does health at every size and uh. Who did body of truth? The other one. I'm blanking on who did body of truth, but body of truth is really good. A bunch of books. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Harriet Brown. Yes. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I was like, I know, I know this one. Okay. What is the other Linda Bacon book? That's gonna bug me too. Body respect. Oh yeah, I haven't read that one yet. It's on my reading list. Yeah, but Linda Bacon is amazing. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, so I'm super excited for your series. And I, oh, I also wanted to mention that um, or clarify with you. So people can 
choose just one of these rather than the whole thing, or they can do a couple, or they can do three or four, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, the way that I wanted to do it is, you know, not everyone's interested in every topic. So if there's one week that you're interested in, show up for that week. Pay for that session. That's it. Every session is 25 bucks. Um, yeah, so you can buy as many or as little as you want to and attend whichever one you want to, which is kind of great. It gives you flexibility. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it makes it super accessible and, um, yeah, accessible is the best word for it, I think. And um, also a great time for you to just have transferred, you know, started your business and have it all online because that's yes. <laughs> where our oh my world God. lives. So and I think it's amazing that anyone listening to this anywhere, not just in Houston with us, can do this series with you. When if it was a workshop at a yoga studio or at your practice, like in person, it wouldn't be the same. So I think it's it's so interesting. I just learned so much from the start of the pandemic that like, of course, yeah, there's some things about it I don't prefer, but it has also opened up so much possibility. And I've just been blown away by like humankind, like how people are, you know, like not let not letting this stop them. And really, we're just like we're growing as a human collective and it's kind of cool to just see it like right before our eyes. It's so like undeniable. I know human beings are the coolest. <laughs> totally. And I mean, <laughs> with my teacher training, there's someone in New York, there's like two people in New Braunfels and it's all through a yoga studio in Houston. And that this is not something wow. that the yoga Alliance has accommodated for before and so now it's kind of putting everyone in a position to be like oh this is something that we should be allowing on a regular basis because you're you're able to access so many people that need this work need your work need need all of it and couldn't always get it because of proximity and it's 2020 so i mean we just need to blow the proximity thing out of the window like we can get on a computer and everything is at the tips of our fingers so we should use it (laughs) I know. It's so cool. I just feel like so many new ways of being and like new, um, like so many companies are just shifting in so many beautiful ways. Like it's just such a year of creation of like creating new things and new opportunities. So if you're out there listening and you feel like you need to, like you're, you've been wanting to create something or try something, I feel like this is the time. Do it. Yeah. This is your sign. (laughs) Yeah. This is this is the space to do it because I mean other than just making sourdough bread and whipped coffee and stuff like <laughs> that, this is what which is what a lot of people are doing which is great and I love those things but this is also what's like inspired me to get back into my podcast because I feel like although the time has always existed it's just a matter of priority right it's mm-hmm. that escaping the things that I know are there and no need to be done. is not as easy anymore. And so the work that needs to be done is kind of like, hello, here I am. Like, yeah. you know, like, let's go. So you can't, you can't run away to Starbucks. You can't run away to a lunch date. You can't run away to the mm-hmm. yoga studio. And not that those things are bad, but when they take over and take us out of our listening, our knowing, our inner truth, our connection up and to God, then it gets in the way of us living the life we're supposed to live. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else you want to add or um, wrap up with? And of course, I'm going to do your series and your Instagram and your website. And um, yeah, if there's anything else that you want to add or ways that people can connect with you. 
Yeah. One thing I would say is if you are any bit interested in eating, I mean, not eating disorders, I was going to say eating disorders, oh, horrible. <laughs> if you're any bit interested in intuitive eating, or if you feel like you have, um, if anything in your relationship to food, it kind of just feels off, please reach out either to me or another dietitian. Like, I think um, even if you're not sure, like just reaching out and talking it through with someone can be really eye-opening. So don't ever... Um, fear reaching out to someone. And then what other things to say, other ways that you can reach me. So you can go to my website, which is saverly.co, or you can follow me on Instagram. You'll see a whole bunch of like fun quotes and a little bit of my life. So that's um, again, saverly.co. And um, I, I'm actually going to be starting, I have like one episode on there. I don't think I even told you this, Erica, but I am starting a YouTube channel Called oh, yeah, I'm super pumped. It's um, called Food and Faith. And so it's going to be all about um, how the intuitive eating principles tie in with like what God, like biblical scripture. And because um, I feel like there's such a cool connection there. And so I'm going to be doing little videos on that. And yeah, those are all the ways right now. And hopefully I'll bring wow. soon. We'll see. <laughs> oh my God. Well, now you put it out there, so. No, it has to happen. You have to. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. The food and faith thing sounds super interesting to me because I, I don't practice Catholicism anymore, but I was raised Catholic. And I remember like food is a huge part of the Bible. And oh it's my a huge gosh. part. And yes. it's a huge part of like being for me and being Catholic is a huge part of it. Like I can tell you all the foods we eat every holiday and for most religions <laughs> probably, you know? So right. yeah. It's it's really interesting to see how those two line up. I'm super interested in that. Oh, cool. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much for just being you and following all of your signs and getting to the work that you're supposed to be doing and just being your amazing self. And thank you so much for coming and talking with me today and then really inspiring me to get back on my podcast. Honestly, I really attribute it to you. So, um, Thank you so much. And thank you so much for bringing this series forth. I'm doing it. Others should do it. I totally recommend it. I don't even like haven't done it yet. And I already know it's going to be great. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited. Um, And yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you. This was an honor and so fun. You're just so like easy to talk to. And oh my God, hosting me on here. It was great. That's a great compliment because I feel <laughs> it's not always <laughs> easy to talk to. So thank you. you I are, really appreciate you that. <laughs> of course. Okay, we will be in touch. Thank you so much again. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so that's our show. Thanks to our guest and thank you for listening. And you'll hear from me in a couple weeks. Until then, keep being you just the way you are. Bye bye.